The Chet Kavik Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kavik and Lester Munson. The program, of course, that uh, Judge Judy wouldn't dream of missing. Welcome once again to uh, <laughs> Sports Court with yours truly, Chet Kavik and ESPN legal expert, Lester Munson. Lester, if the guy wasn't 86 years old, this might be something that we could take seriously. Here is the National Football League where you've got a bona fide criminal element. I mean, for heaven's sakes, if you look at the track records of the bulk of the players who compete on the National Football League level, it's hard to find guys who don't have a rap sheet. So here is poor Bud Adams with the 2-6 and six Tennessee Titans. He's in Buffalo. They win a ball game. He's probably half drunk. He's sitting with Roger Goodell, and he flips the bird, and he gets fined two. Hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's only about two hundred and forty nine thousand five hundred more than I would have fined him. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what got into Goodell on that one. Okay, he is an owner. Okay, he's supposed to be uh, behave himself. He's supposed to be a perfect gentleman. Uh, I think he had probably some pretty good reasons to flip off the fans in Buffalo. They, here they were abusing a guy who's eighty six years old, who's an oil zillionaire. Um, I, I don't get it. The, there are ball players who should be fined that kind of money, but they get fined seventy five hundred or ten thousand money they don't even notice. Well, I think you know it was uh, appropriate of Roger that he sent uh, the following letter, which I've received uh, lustre to uh, Bud Adams, which uh, read as follows: uh, "Dear Bud, we'd like to have you conduct yourself in an appropriate National Football League manner." Uh, Check further with Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check with Michael Vick. Yeah, yeah. Check with Tank Johnson. Find out where you should be when you get in trouble. Don't do it in the stadium. Well, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, we did some research on this. Uh, Joe Nedney uh, flipped off the crowd when he was uh, kicking with the Niners back in 2007. Michael Vick uh, once flipped off the uh, crowd. Nedney, 7500 bucks. Michael Vick, 10000 bucks, which he donated to charity. <laughs> <laughs> before, before before his family members could get a hold of the doll. Right. <laughs> right. The uh and Mike Ditka when he threw the chewing gum at the people in the roller dome in Minneapolis. What was he fined for that? Anything at I all? I think he was fined about fifteen hundred. Now there, he could have infected somebody with something. There was physical danger there. It wasn't just flipping somebody off. Uh, and so, yeah, he, he was fine next to nothing. All right, uh, kind of interesting. And this has uh, ramifications, which are extraordinary. You're on top of the story in a big-time fashion. National Football League, now in the Supreme Court. Give us the rundown and tell me where you think the story will be, for example, six months from now. This is a case called American Needle versus National Football League. The United States Supreme Court, the judges there have agreed to hear this case and to decide this case. And the National Football League is seeking something that has never, ever happened in the sports industry. They want total immunity from all antitrust actions. What this means is that actions that used to be called illegal collusion among owners mm-hmm. will suddenly be a legal business practice. The owners, if they win this case, could set a salary maximum for head coaches. They could set a salary scale. And the players union, which has used antitrust cases to get its leverage for free agency, for fringe benefits, for bonus payments, 
the players union will will lose overnight all the leverage that it has so that we will have as the result of this case if the NFL wins we will have a whole new economy in the sports industry and we will have a series of lockouts and strikes uh, that will be historic unlike anything we've ever seen if you were uh, Lester Munson Supreme Court Justice how would you feel if you had to vote right now how would you feel about voting to um, place a maximum on what assistant coaches can earn. Yeah, I, I would never do that. I think the free market should decide that. If an assistant coach is viewed as a hot, good coach, somebody who can help your team, he should be able to go among the 32 teams and get the best deal that he can. Uh, every league, even the NCAA, they want to suppress coaches' salaries. They want to avoid the arms race that goes on in college football. They want to avoid paying Lovey Smith $4 million, paying somebody else $6 million. This is the owner's dream fantasy case. If they can win this, then they are going to be able to do what they want. They will use their monopoly powers to cut down their costs. That means coaches and players, and to increase their profits. Lester, based on what you're telling me, I'm thinking of baseball. It's a cherished reserve clause, which has been around for years and years, which has given uh, baseball an enormous degree of, uh, of freedom over the rank and file. But talking about what you're implementing within the structure of the National Football League would make this, in my opinion, a monopoly of such mega proportions that the Supreme Court couldn't possibly legislate this? I would hope that the Supreme Court will not legislate this. If it should ever happen, the Congress should legislate it. The Congress would never do it. But the National Football League is has brilliant lawyers. There's a firm in D.C. called Covington and Burling. They are among the best lawyers I have ever seen anywhere, and I've been around the courts all my life. These guys think they have five or six votes within the current population of the justices of the Supreme Court. Stephen Breyer is the guy to watch. Clinton appointed him to the Supreme Court. He is a guy who should be on the side of the unions, on the side of the players, kind of on the left side of the center line. Instead, he's been moving to the right, and he could be the guy that allows the National Football League to win this case. Yeah, if this does transpire, let's take, for example, the Chicago Bears, valued at roughly $1.1, wouldn't that immediately increase their overall value at least $100 million bucks? It would increase their overall value by at least $100 million, and it would increase their annual profit. Instead of having to pay a bonus of $18 million to somebody who is a promising player, they could be paying bonuses of $1 or $2 million. So all of that is money the owners get to keep because they will not have to pay the coaches or the players at the level they have been paying them. Do you ever wonder how a league with so many Dumbo owners and franchises that uh, can't function, see the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, and just start from there? Do you, do you sometimes wonder how this league has become so enormously powerful and and as we know Capitol Hill loves the National Football League. Yeah, the National Football League is the is the best managed, it is the most successful commercial organization in the history of the sports industry. They have had extraordinary leadership from Roselle, from Tagliabue, possibly even now from Goodell. 
They've had brilliant legal representation. Even though there are some owners who can barely find their way to the meeting, somehow they make brilliant decisions that baseball owners couldn't make if they had 10 chances. It it amazes me how well NFL owners do when they get together, when they work collectively. They they make always very good decisions. I mean, basically, our National Football League club owners as a collective group, the, uh, the U.S. Marines... And in comparison, Major League Baseball club owners would be the uh, local brownie troop. <laughs> I would agree. The Major League Baseball, if Bad News Bears ever worked, it would be the owners of Major League Baseball. There's no question about it. And I wish I could explain the difference between the owners in the NFL and the owners in Major League Baseball, how very similar men could reach such high levels of decision-making at the NFL and such a low, pathetic level in Major League Baseball. There's really, it's very hard to explain. Hey, back to uh, Bud Adams for a moment and this $250,000 fine. We see ballplayers fined all the time for uh, using their helmets as legitimately lethal weapons to uh, uh, bang other football players. And uh, I, I think the NFL does have some concern, but Lester, anyone who thinks that National Football League club owners give a damn about ballplayers after they have left the fold is living in Disneyland. No, that's exactly correct. The uh, If you're an owner of a National Football League team, a player is an expendable piece of property. He's a deduction against... Uh, he, he's a cost of doing business. They know that these guys last, on average, less than four years. They're very happy to get rid of one and bring in one who maybe costs a little less money. They do not even attempt to get good medical care for their players. Typically, they auction off the team doctor job to the group of doctors who will pay the most money to become the team doctor. So the player must always go for a second opinion because he's not getting good care from the team. If a guy like uh, Mike Ditka wanted to really show how bad things can be for a ball player, why not trot Doug Atkins into Chicago oh. for a news conference? Here is one of the greatest pass rushers of all time. Played 17 years in the NFL. Went to war with George Hallis. Gosh, only knows how many times. He's uh, he's in a terrible state of depression with uh, post-concussion syndrome, with dementia. Doug Atkins basically cannot take care of himself. Yet he's too proud to receive money from, from Mike and the Gridiron Greats. But if you could bring Atkins into Chicago or New York, take him into New York, for example, and let him explain what this league is really all about. Lester, people would have a much different view of what they're seeing on Sunday. I I would agree 100%. Uh, when, When they bring out the guys who have been disabled by football, they bring out a guy like Harry Carson. Harry Carson is a very smart guy. He's had some concussions, but when you listen to him, his speech is a little bit slow. If you bring Atkins instead of Harry Carson, then you see in dramatic in a dramatic yeah. way exactly what kind of damage playing in the National Football League uh, can do to somebody. I was talking to a guy the other day, played seven years for the Chargers, and he was able to walk around like a normal person. I was stunned. I said I, I had to go and check and make sure he was right <laughs> in saying he had played with the Chargers because he looked so good. So that's that's a rare thing. These guys pay an enormous price. Do you agree with me that uh, pro football as we know it? has become so violent, and the game is so fast, and the collision factor is so dangerous and damaging, that in 10 years, the game will undergo dramatic, significant rule changes. You're, you're going to ha- have rules, for example, where 340-pound defensive tackles blocking pass-rushing uh, defensive ends who are 
running the 40 in, in 4-2, the rival parties are only going to be allowed to use their hands, for example, because the helmet-to-helmet contact, Lester, is just too dangerous. You know what it's going to take? It's going to take 1971 all over again when Chuck Hughes of the Lions died against the Bears in Detroit. It's going to take a death on national television for the NFL to finally come to grips with the fact that this game is too damn violent for its own good. I, that's probably what it will take to change it, either a death or a catastrophic uh, paralyzing injury. Whenever there is one of those, and it looks like the kind of hit that the league is encouraging, then maybe somebody will start to pay attention to it. But the helmet-to-helmet stuff and the concussion problem, those are very serious problems, and at some point, I think you're right, something's going to have to give. You no, know, the problem uh, that uh, the league basically has created, Lester, is this. Television glamorizes the helmet-to-helmet hit. You know, ESPN a couple of years ago was running a bit on Monday night where they'd show players getting uh, getting their brains knocked out in the field, and you got five five guys cheering, he got jacked up. <laughs> or or you, you, you hear guys talking right. about uh, they got their bell rung. Well, good morning. It's a head injury. Yeah. And, and they don't go away. No. I, I think uh, there is something about those hits that always lands on the highlight reel on ESPN, on local stations throughout the United States. We sit and we watch them. We'll all watch them five or six times. There is something wrong with that. We, we really should take a look at ourselves. What, why do we put up with this stuff? And certainly the National Football League at some point is going to have to take a look at what it's doing. What is uh, Major League Baseball doing right now uh, by way of Barry Bonds? Is Barry going to walk? I mean, Are, are you now fully convinced... The Barry will walk. I'm not convinced yet. There are three judges in San Francisco who have that case. They've heard all of the arguments. They've got all the briefs. All the work has been done. We're waiting to hear from them. Will they allow the perjury case to go to trial? There's one judge who is way on the left who always votes for the person accused for the crime. There's another guy on that group who's a prosecutor mentality. In the middle is a woman. Uh, who went to University of Chicago Law School. Her name is Mary Murphy. She will probably decide the case. I wish I could predict for you what she's going to do. I don't know. I think there's a very good chance Bonds walks from this prosecution, would bring the Balco case to a total whimper instead of any kind of big ending. If Bonds were to walk, how bad immediately does Bud Selig, for example, look? I think Bud Selig would look bad. I think Don Fear would look bad. I think everybody who has tried to uh, manage this crisis is going to look bad. I would think that the Lords of Baseball are hoping that the court in San Francisco will allow that case to go to trial, allow Bonds to face the music, and end up doing uh, a few months in jail. Selig, uh, I am sure, each day wonders what is going on in that case and when will it be decided. Do you kind of get the feeling right now that Bonds... Is laughing at Major League Baseball? Oh, I don't have any doubt about it. He's, he's got some very good lawyers. They've done a good job for him. Uh, the judge in San Francisco, who, who suppressed a lot of the evidence against him, uh, I'm sure they are happy that she was in charge of the case. He thinks he's winning this case. Keep in mind, the only reason he's winning it is his trainer will not testify. Everybody knows he lied to the grand jury, but to prove it, you need the trainer, Greg Anderson, to testify, and he is, uh, he's the Gordon Liddy of this era. He will not testify against his pal, Barry Bonds. If, if Bonds walks, what does that tell us about the grand jury? 
Uh, well, it's it, not exactly the most glowing statement no, in the world about no. this August body of people. It tells <laughs> us that the Balco investigation comes to a bit of a failure at its end, and it probably also tells us that Greg Anderson has a paid-for house in some very fancy neighborhood in San Francisco. Well, Lester, you know what? It's been a blast. He's always my good friend, and in closing here on Sports Court, uh, a good friend of mine named uh, Sean Fleming uh, sent me an item uh, regarding Bud Adams and uh, Roger Goodell and the National Football League. Uh, Sean says, kick Goodell in the nuts, you're fine, $7,500. Tell Goodell he sucks, you're fine, $25,000. Flip off the fans in Buffalo, $250,000. Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. He is Lester Munson. I am Chet Kopic. This has been Sports Court, and we will catch you in seven days. So long, everybody.